already know what time it is. Welcome back to another episode of Thinker versus Speaker, where I'm Marissa, the thinker, sit down with different guests, and we talk about all things, anything, everything, life, love, relationships, spirituality, literally whatever we want to talk about. So if you're into that type of thing, strap up, tune in, and get ready for another amazing episode. Now, with that being said... We don't always know what we're going to talk about beforehand. So if you easily triggered, take this as a general trigger warning. I don't know what triggers and offends people. So, you know, if you if we say something you don't like, love or agree with, feel free to leave a comment and we can talk about it because that's what this is for. Building dialogues, you know, having these types of conversations or, you know, say if you got to do something else, you got to leave. Hopefully you come back next week when we talk about something different and then you can join the conversation all over again. So with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into it. Today, I got a special guest new to the show. Super excited to have y'all hear from this woman today. We got Christy Holland of Gutted Fitness, owner of The Zone. How are you today? What's the word? <laughs> Feeling good. Feeling good. Yes, super excited to have you. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited to hear about you and all of the things that you got going on. So before we get too deep into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So again, my name is Christy Holland. I am from St. Louis. I'm super excited to be on this podcast, which is because like you, I am a thinker and I have to get in the weeds of it to unpack what I'm doing in my life. So yeah. um, to talk about like how I got to where I am, of course, we got to talk about the journey. So I'm always going to start talking about who I am and where I am based on my journey so started in St. Louis um you know if you're from St. Louis you know (laughs) no you know it was a bit rocky it was a bit rough um had a pretty angry childhood for a lot of different reasons but um I ended up leaving in 2010 because I just felt this deep calling and passion to be um what I put in my college essays to be the link between the government and the community because I grew up in a lot of different sides of St. Louis and every side that I was on, I saw just complete character differences and how the city was designed, how it was funded and what that meant for the community. So if you lived in North St. Louis, you know, that was raggedy, (laughs) you know, it was raggedy. You felt the disinvestment and all of that and you felt completely out of the loop. So um, I recognize that stuff like that also impacted how I was and how I showed up in life and was part of the reason why I was always so angry you know can't get to the things I need because it wasn't designed for me to thrive so um I ended up leaving just trying to find myself I ended up in Texas where um, I went to TCU I earned a bachelor's degree in religion got some Spanish and anthropology minors but then I ended up going to um, UT Arlington and got two masters, one in public policy and one in city and regional planning. So like, even just the story of how I got there, like it was crazy. Life started throwing some curveballs, and I ended up in like a double breakup that forced me to to confront my ego and just how I even view the world. So yeah, I came from St. Louis to Texas to find myself and things. But when life started crumbling, like I found myself at the lowest I've ever been. So I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Who am I? I got these degrees. I got this master's. Like, okay, so what am I doing? What am I doing? Who am I? Where am I going to go? What does this mean? I know I still want to impact my community, but I'm struggling. How am I going to make an impact if I'm struggling and I don't know who I am? So that led me to um, making a move to D.C. because I knew in order to be effective in my career and to have the credibility, I needed Washington, D.C. on my resume. 
So I said, all right, let's go. I'm out. Um, but I also knew that the city was going to challenge me on a personal level too, because if you know anything about DC, there's a lot of high performers there. You're not going to make it if you're not a high performer that's executing and delivering. So I knew it was going to push me out of my comfort zone from slow ass Texas to high pace ass East coast, <laughs> you know, now, of course that came with a whole journey in itself. <laughs> my ego, and everything I tried because I found myself laid off. I found myself in a city where I ain't know nobody for real. And I had to, again, figure out who am I? Like, how am I going to exist and show up in D.C., get the learning and training I need to be my best professional self, but also feel grounded and okay, like at peace in a high performing city where everybody is anxious and depressed and stressed. You know, how am I going to ground myself? Right. That's where I am. Um, I ended up back in, long story short, I ended up back in St. Louis. And I'm going to say ended up as if I didn't have control over it. I really felt in my spirit that it was, I had gained everything I needed to gain as much as I could from DC. And I felt in my spirit that God said, all right, you got everything you needed to be effective in a um, influence change in St. Louis and to help the city grow, heal, and, um, you know, just strengthen the community bond. So I came back in the end of 2021. And again, my ego got challenged. My sense of self got challenged because now I'm at the, the starting point of the things that made me anxious and um, angry and, you know, all the old ways of living still existed here. So now, you know, I had to face that head on and really decide again, who am I in this current moment in space? How am I showing up? Um, what's going to help me be resilient and help my family be resilient, you know, um, as the city begins to change and improve, so. That's where I am now. It has been quite the journey, but it's been a lot of unpacking, a lot of pruning that has resulted in a lot of growth. So I'm happy to be this 30 something back in St. Louis at a great time of growth and opportunity. Wow. There is so much from that that I want to ask in so many different ways that I could go with it. Like oh. it's, and it's so interesting. I was actually having a conversation with my bosses yesterday because we were having like a check-in meeting and they were asking me like, how did you become a part of this emerging business leaders? You know, how did you become a part of this thing? And that required me to explain what it's like to grow up in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to these two white men, I'm trying to explain what it was like <laughs> to grow up in a place where we grow up, grew up. And it's just like, you know, there's so many different sides to it. And I like how you put uh, where it's just like to see how things are broken up in St. Mm -hmm. Louis, because it can leave you with a very black and it's very black and white. And mm -hmm. I don't say black and white in the sense of race. You could look at it that way, but it's black and okay. white. Yeah, like, but it's it's broken down in a sense of like, you either got it or you struggling. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm saying? It's so, and you accept it because it's either one or the other. You either getting it or you not, and you making the best of it. And then it leaves people, you know, like you said, with this anger, with this sense of like, well, it's nothing to hope for. Well, it is what it is, very much so. So I'm going to make the best out of, you know what I'm saying, this situation because I can't expect for more or whatever it is that they walk away with. And it's just like, we settle when in reality, it's just like, how do we get ourselves up and out, out of it? And a lot of mm -hmm. times what you see is people will, with that hustler mentality, like I'm going to make something of myself, whatever we leave. 
We go mm-hmm. to other places. We challenge ourselves. We push ourselves. We grow. And a lot of the times never come back. That part. Come on. We definitely, that's definitely a conversation that's happening in St. Louis right now about um, how there's a lot of population decline in St. Louis. But when you look at the numbers, a lot of that is Black St. Louis leaving because you're trying to do better. Right. <laughs> you're trying to do better. You're trying to see better. You're trying to exist with more peace out of that anger and survivalist mentality and then you don't come back but that affects the city and your people that's still there you know yeah yeah because I even find that a lot now where the same people where I used to deal with it's just like I can't deal with the same people that I used to deal with because we not on the same page about what life is anymore luckily there are people in St. Louis that are on the same page as me but they they probably had to go away and they had to grow too which begs the question like do you have to leave your environment mm. to grow mm. or can you grow where you are? I look at it like this. <laughs> you absolutely can grow in place, but that also depends on how you're feeding that growth. Now there comes a time, I'm not sure if you're into gardening at all. And I don't want you to think that I got this big garden in the backyard. I'm definitely on a full flow of a high rise apartment with no, uh, <laughs> with no garden in sight. Okay, yeah. But I do have to dabble in my plants here and there. So yeah. I say that to say, um, you, you got this plant, right? So you can definitely grow it in place, but there reaches a time where you have to repot that plant or reposition it so that it get its fullest nutrients. That doesn't mean that where you're placing it or where you're repotting it is its final destination, but you're gonna have to do that in order for it to grow. But there's also also this risk of moving it and repotting it that it's not gonna take to it. It's not gonna adapt, it's gonna die off. But that's the risk you have to take, you know? But even then you get to see the signs of, oh, this isn't working. So let me try again a reposition and re um repot, fertilize, or whatever you need to do to bring it back to life. So when it comes time to decide whether or not you need to leave the city, I think you just have to sit and really do an analysis. What do I need in order to grow? What, what does growth look like? What am I expecting it to look like, feel like? Um, what kind of impact should that growth make? How who is it gonna influence? What is it gonna require from who? And if you feel like you can source those things that's going to make the growth happen, stay in place. For me, that wasn't the case in St. Louis. That wasn't the case. My family, even though my mom really changed the game and positioned us to be in better places, um, be in better places, do different things, make better decisions, I couldn't, I still couldn't get what I needed. I never would have learned city planning in St. Louis because there wasn't any schools offering it, you know, there wasn't was offering it nobody was talking about it um in the high schools and the neighborhoods I'm sure they had like um public meetings and things like that but they were purposely not sharing the information in a way which I learned in Texas you know like officials will hold public meetings on Tuesdays at 12 p.m knowing damn well people can't get off work to come to these meetings and make decisions about how the city's gonna flow absolutely you know I've realized that in East St. Louis too love East St. Louis but a lot of development is going on, but no one is in the know about it. If I wasn't a planner, how was I ever going to come across this information? And even as a planner, a practicing planner, I can't even find the information unless I randomly happen upon a um, webinar. So again, I wasn't going to be able to grow because no one was making the knowledge available. I could have sought out the knowledge, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. 
you don't know. So it take it took me to repop myself in a whole nother city to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes the tools that we need to grow aren't necessarily where we are. I know mm-hmm. for me in my story, I had to leave to grow because mm-hmm. I needed to be separate from everything that was making me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, it required me to go. And actually, when I think about it, even when I went to college, when I went away to school, when I moved to Texas, anything that requires me to start over from zero as mm-hmm. however it might make you feel in the beginning, it forces you to grow because mm-hmm. in comfort, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like you can't grow. So then it makes me ask the question because I wonder how many people know that they're being called to grow Mm. you know what I'm saying and it's just like what does that feel like how do you know when you're being called to grow and called Mm. to call to really reevaluate what it is that's going to work for you because I think so many people feel that frustration and that buildup of being tightly cramped like it's too many roots in this pot and it's nowhere else for these roots to go but they don't realize they need a new pot you know, sometimes I think they realize it, but it's a few things. Mm-hmm. That, that comfort zone is a mug. Some people are truly comfortable being uncomfortable in the good way and in the bad way. Some people will prefer to be uncomfortable so that they have a reason to complain. Why they need to complain? Fill in the blank with the reasons. Everybody got something different. But the other thing is sometimes people are comfortable being uncomfortable because they know that's the process of growth. When you're growing and leveling up, you're going to have the growing pains. We might not see a plant screaming and crying because the cells are multiplying for that plant to grow, but we know we got them knees that be hurting when we was 12 getting into that growth spurt, you know? It's the same thing. You got growing pains. So it just depends. What, what do you want to, are you, what's the word? I'm not thinking, um, the word is leaving my head, but um, what side of the comfort zone are you trying to be in, you know, and are you trying to move to different comfort levels? I think it's that. And then just the confidence of like moving between zones. You don't know what you don't know and you know you need to grow, but you don't really know what direction. It feels more comfortable to stay where you are than to explore the unknown because you got all those anxious thoughts making you think, what if I fail? What if I lose? What if I don't have friends? What if I find myself alone? You know, what if I have to come back home? That was my major fear. <laughs> come back home, girl. Every decision I made was do not come back to St. Louis. That's the decision. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it just makes you think like, what are you, what are the risks you're willing to take? You know, and you you, you are being called to grow. Are you going to accept that calling? Yeah. Like for me, um, I, I knew I've always been very intuitive. So I knew in my spirit, every time that it was time to make a move, I knew it. So I just had to figure out what's going on in my environment, what's going on with me, and then make a decision to move. Some people are very headstrong in where they are and they don't want to move. So they'll get all the signs. They'll see exactly what's going on, but they're comfortable again in being where they are, even if it's uncomfortable and hurting them in a negative way. They just choose to squeeze the hell out of their pot. A peace lily is like that. A peace lily loves very confined pots. It won't grow if you give it too much room. It might grow a little bit, but it's going to, when it grows, it's just trying to be snuggled into that pot. And that's the best way it can thrive. That ain't the case for everybody. You know, maybe maybe that's what they need to grow in that space just to 
to be hugged, even tighter confinement. And that's why they feel safe. Yeah. But if you're not a peace lily, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Like I said, I know. I oh, it makes perfect sense. Part. It makes perfect sense. It it uh it reminds me of something that somebody so told me last episode. Pick your heart, because everything is going to be some form of. I'm. I don't want to call it hard. I want to call it challenging. Yeah, challenge. Yeah, it's gonna be some form of challenging because you know what I'm saying. I feel like in everybody's individual story because everybody has a different story and everybody has different things that works for them and that makes them unique and that makes their journey unique you know and you know we get challenged we get faced with these challenges where it make it forces us to make certain decisions about who we want to be and how we want to live our lives and it looks different you know what I'm saying that's why I never try to claim to be the person that has the answer for your life because how would I know I'm trying to figure out my own life. It's no way I could know how to, you know, tell you how to live your life. Everybody's life story is going to be different. But, you know, if you find yourself, you know what I'm saying, faced with an obstacle and it's difficult, would you rather wonder what if, you know, like for me, it's more scary to be like, well, what if I would have took that chance? What if I would have did that thing that was in my heart? What if versus like thinking about what it is that I'll lose? Because you might end up losing it anyway. You know, you might end up embarrassing yourself. You might end up, you know what I'm saying, failing. You might end up doing whatever. But I'd rather have that knowing that I tried. And it's just like picking what's your heart, you know? Would you rather live in fear or would you rather live in regret? Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. I made that decision early in life. I don't even remember how old I was, but I knew it was under 10. I decided I was never going to live in regret. So even if I fall, fuck up, whatever, at least I tried here. At least I know because you can go from there. You know, you can grow. You can go anywhere from there. See, the part, the the beautiful part about failure is you realize that you can pick yourself up. And failure is necessary for growth, too. Like as a fitness professional, you have to push your muscles to failure in order to create those gaps for the muscle to rebuild itself. That's how you get plumper. That's how men and they chest get to getting so big, them shoulders and stuff, women, all of that. Stretch marks, like that's part of the growth process. Right. <laughs> that's you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so how did your growth process lead to gutted fitness? So at the time, um, I was in a relationship and I had two best friends. I was just graduating college. So I'm at that brink of, okay, I'm out of college now. I have to find a job. I was working. I had a full-time job that was decent, but, you know, I still wasn't super comfortable in the way that I was living um, as far as like having like a car, um, stable living situation and all of that. And so... um, Things just started to get really rocky as I was just trying to create that stability for myself. And I was starting to butt heads in my friendship, like a lot of friction. And in me having friction in that friendship, of course, I'm pillow talking with my man. So he's hearing things and he's, this is just what I'm thinking is what happened in hindsight, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, maybe he's hearing how I'm talking, how I'm approaching the situation and just not feeling it. And so eventually I found myself out of a relationship with my boyfriend and losing two friends in the process. So now I'm just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, Cause he didn't tell me why he broke up 
for me it was one of those um it's not about it's not you it's me and I'm like okay well what does that even mean you know and it probably was the case it probably was him and not me but you know I'll never know but I found myself in this place where okay I had I got myself out of St. Louis so I felt like I was successful I was doing the thing I was doing better than um most people in St. Louis so I'm on this high horse and stuff um graduated college first in my family I'm on my high horse I'm making some money more than my mama was making at this age so I'm on my high horse but damn now I just lost my boyfriend and my two best friends and I'm in this big ass state I'm high key depressed because I don't even know where I want to go from here because what do, what the hell do I do with a religion degree you know right. I told people back home that I was going to be a pastor, but I knew that was a lot. I was saying what I needed to say to get out. But what do I do with a religion degree in Texas? You know, Texas is conservative, but like, I'm really not trying to go into ministry, you know? And then I've been here four years and I've made friends, but we're all starting to go to our different paths and I'm living on my own now. And where do I go? Who am I? Like, how do I even make friends again? Where do I make friends again? And so I found myself in a super, super depressed state. Um, I was very angry at him, very confused. And just in order to protect myself, my ego was just looking for things to ruminate on that made everybody else the problem but me. And so, yes, everybody else was the problem but me. And that's part of my grooming too, like coming up in St. Louis. Everybody is the problem but you. Victim mentality. Yes. Yeah. Problem. So I'm running around here spewing toxic information, saying crazy shit, um, putting myself in positions that I knew I didn't need to be in because I'm just looking to calm the pain. And so eventually I was like, look, I got to find a more positive way to release this energy. And I found myself doing fitness. Um, That was my way of pushing and pulling past the rage, pulling myself out of the darkest holes um, and even positioning myself to find a community. I started taking group fitness classes at the same time that I started um, grad school because uh, even grad school, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so somewhere to put all the energy um, because if you don't, it's just going to store in your body. And I knew I didn't want to go through things that my mom went through, like stress. Uh, I'm not stressed, strokes. That's a result of stress in her early 20s. I mean, early 30s. Like, you ain't supposed to be having strokes in your 30s and stuff. And if it's because of stress, I'm like, yeah, I ain't trying to do none of that. I'm still trying to be healthy, but I need to really unpack some things. So that's how I started with fitness. For me, gutted fitness was a way for me to really renovate from the inside out. So if you think about like building a house, if you um, are into fixing and flipping, you find you a property that's dilapidated that just needs some work and you had to go in there and just gut everything out. Everything that's not working, you got to go in and clean that out, get the mold out, fix the beams, tear up their old flooring, all of that, and get it down to the bare bones so that you understand what exactly you have to work with. Yeah. So for me, fitness was that. I was stripping down myself to the bare bones so that I can begin unpacking. Why do you feel so lonely? Why were you so tied to that relationship for, with my boyfriend and my friends? What were they providing me that I needed? What yeah. do I need now? You know? Yeah. Um, what makes me feel safe and secure? What activities do I like to do? Because hold on, do I even have hobbies? <laughs> you know, like what makes me happy and what type of people do I want to be around later? What do I even see for my future? You know, if, if I knew I wasn't going to religion, what do I see for my future? And that's yeah. how I ended up around um, city planning and things. But 
fitness gave me that time to really sit and go through the emotions, but also ask the very important questions and create that room for growth. So now that I'm like gutted, now I was able to fill myself back up with the things I needed. So I realized I do love fitness, but fitness isn't always going to answer the questions for me or give me the things that I need. It's not going to always be the outlet. So what else do I like to do? Oh, I forgot that I love drawing. I love the arts. So let me play and makeup, you know? So I ended up modeling and really enjoyed that. Really was great at it. Made some great money, made some great connections, all of that out of it. Oh, what else do I like? Oh, I like singing. Oh, you know, just finding myself, com- constantly refilling myself up with what I thought I lost. Yeah. But really I gained, you know, and over time, you know, you I feel like that renovation process is constant because seasons change all the time, <laughs> you know, moment to moment it changed. So I had to eventually let go of the idea that fitness was going to be the only thing that helped me feel better, you know? So I had to consistently find things that brought me joy in different seasons. When it's cold outside, quote unquote, when it feel good outside, you know, when certain people enter or leave my life, like how do I stay grounded through that process? Because fitness may not be relevant in that time. Maybe if I'm mad and I need to whoop some ass, I can go do some (laughs) aesthetics or something, but You know, what What are going to be my other outlets? So, yeah, that, that first trigger was what drew me to gutted fitness and starting this process within myself. Um, Like I said, it's steady going. It's I think it's something that's never going to change. I feel like people be 80 years old and always going to find themselves in a restart process. And that's OK. Like you said in the beginning, is there ever an end goal? Do you ever see that? And talking to my elders, no, nah, you just keep going <laughs> just keep going yeah like in, in this journey of life like we always want to see things as black and white but like this is life's journey you know what I'm saying if we look lucky enough to live a long life you really want to hit an end goal per se yeah or, because that's when you study. yeah that's what I'm saying because then if you if you really have this concept of an end goal what do you do after the end goal hmm. what know? do you do yeah, what happens what happens then if you actually hit that point where you hit an end goal? And it's just like, I don't want to continue thinking of life in that type of way. And um, I like how you put it when you said, like, basically, it's just like finding who I am in this moment. Like, yes, we have moments in life that are the triggers that open up these doors to, you know, do that. Because I actually had it myself. For me, it was the broken ankle in the ended relationship. But you know, that's what sent me down the path to ask the questions, who am I? What do I actually like doing? What's going to make me fulfilled? And then now, two years later down the line, there's a new version of me every day. And then I get to have the fun of discovering who I am today. You know, like what friends do I need now? What type type of people do I want to associate in my life now? Like what are my hobbies that I like to do now? You know, do I need to get back to a little more of the old or do I need to try something new? Do Mm -hmm. I need to do a little bit of both? And honestly, it can be fun. You know what I'm saying? It can be. It can be very fun because that one thing is not always going to be your solution forever. Journaling isn't always solving my problems. Mm -hmm. It's not. Sometimes it's a walk in the park. Sometimes it's going out to see, like, you know what I'm saying, a a show or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? I like music, so maybe you need to go see a show. And it's getting to discover 
who you are at your core. And I think that's something that we aren't necessarily taught when we grow up. Other people are, you know what I'm saying? Other people might get these lessons, but where we come from, we grow up in a sense of survival. Yeah. So we just learn how to maintain and not necessarily how to thrive. Exactly. You know, and I find that so interesting because it's just like, I'll talk to old friends and it's just like the stuff that I do, they'll be like, yeah, okay, that works for you. And that's true. It works for me. But if you were to ask those same people, okay, what works for you? They have no concept, you know, outlets and, you know, things that they can do. They'd be like, what do you like to do? I don't know. I smoke. I drink. I I hang out with my friend. What do you want from me? You know what I'm saying? And there's so many other ways. So how did you discover, like, you know, that there were other ways to be? Because I know this is something that we talked about, something that you're passionate about, like finding these creative outlets. Like, what do you think the significance of creative outlets, especially for people in places like we come from, are? I first started to realize, um, well, let me go back. When I first realized that um, I needed to explore other ways of living, I left St. Louis, I um, picked up the anthropology major and that's what made me realize there were so many different ways of living. And I chose that major because I remember when I was like eight or nine years old, I asked my mama, mama, why is Jesus the way? Why is it, why is it that we only supposed to praise and worship God and Jesus when there's other religions out here? Like, am I wrong for just wanting to practice all of them so that I'll be safe <laughs> when it's my time? Yeah. And she was like, no, because the Bible says this and the Bible says that, and this is the only way. And for whatever reason, that just didn't sit well with me. So I'm like, I'm going to go find out some other answers. Like, yeah, for me, um, figuring out like other ways of living and other creative processes, you just have to be able to ask the question and actively pursue it. Like find the courage to actively pursue it. Because if you would sit there and look up some J's, you could sit there and look up some other things that's going on in your city that you can get involved in, you know? Yeah. So um, I learned so many different ways of living through anthropology, everything from marriage practices to safe sex practices to um, religious practices on how people view the world, how people viewed um, coming into yourself and self-discovery practices like rites of passages, way, the ways people ate and how that impacted the way they moved through spaces and life, how they designed cities, like everything. So from there, when I realized reality is what you make it, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what what time the bus come so I can get to this event down in the stockyards or something, you know? Yeah. Or okay, what's going on on campus? Um, X Y Z Latin sorority is gonna uh do this, so let me go see what they talking about. Let me see what a mariachi is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just exposing myself to things that I wouldn't normally see every day, and that wasn't hard being from St. Louis, and you know, being confined to these little pockets you only seen so much so it wasn't hard to see anything outside of that yeah uh, I got to experience a lot in Texas um and even in DC but I, I still had to be intentional in how I went about those things so once I began to expose myself that's when I was able to find more creative outlets and even return back to things that I used to love and I think I had a hard time remembering what I used to love because um I remember it being not necessarily beat out of me but being talked out of or ridiculed for things that I was already good at Mm. so for example I was good at dancing um but they just made it seem like 
pursuing dance as an adult or whatever is just like trying to get to the NBA or trying to get to the NFL. Your chances yeah. are hell. So that was discouraging. I used to be really great at drawing. Like I had room for growth and stuff, but I just had a very creative mind. So I would draw different things. And one day I drew the Cardinal just off the top of my mind. And that shit was good. I I even shocked myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't trace it or anything. And when I brought it in and showed um, one of my leaders at the time, she completely discredited, discre discredited that I drew that and would not believe that I drew that. So, you know, I'm surrounded by people with, like, I heard this quote that was like, Kanye said it. He said, if um you surrounded about, by people who don't think you are who you are, you're going to believe that you're not who you are. And that's where I found myself in St. Louis. So yeah. by the time I'm like trying to discover my outlets, I'm not even considering the fact that I'm an artist because people made me believe that I wasn't an artist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So getting back into those spaces that I exposed myself to, I'm like, oh, dang. I do like to draw, huh? Yeah. Let me pick it up again and try it. No, I can't sing, but I do enjoy being in spaces of karaoke and practicing using my throat chakra and trying to sing these songs. So let me go ahead and holler real quick <laughs> and enjoy this moment because it's my outlet. You know, it feels good to be singing from yourself because for one, you're breathing. Yeah. You know, the power of breathing and the impact of breathing on your mental health and your wellness overall, it's a slept on art to practice breathing. And breathing can happen in so many different ways. So getting into that, um, what else did I find? I told you I like dancing, so I continued to dance throughout that. I found out that I like modeling, continued to model. I realized I like cooking, you know, even by myself. I got to eat, especially yeah. with the bills. So with the, yeah. um, my boyfriend's mom, at the time, my ex-boyfriend's mom actually put me on to that. Um, she introduced me to this Daniel fast, so I had to... For 30 days, eat like Daniel them did in the Bible, which was raw fruits, vegetables. You can cook it too, but no meat and no sugar. And that shit was whole. I ain't going to eat a lot to you. But it introduced me to different ways of eating. Yeah. Because I can't put no sugar in what? I need some sugar. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a long way. But it completely transformed how I ate in the future, like even up to now. I still be eating my sugar or whatever, but. Yeah, you know everything is much more in moderation but I again I had to expose myself and actively participate in the things to figure out if that worked for me or not yeah I would encourage people that's trying to figure out new creative outlets like don't limit yourself to what that could look like because for you it might be journaling it might be you doing your podcast it might be me um running working out it might be drawing but for somebody else it could be playing an instrument it could be reading a book like it could be anything and then again it could change at any moment so don't put no pressure on it being your creative outlets being the only thing that you have to get through each moment you know yeah have an arsenal have a barney bag of things yeah. you can pull out depending on the season <laughs> yeah and and I, and I like how you put that and what I'm I'm getting from what you're saying is basically how important it is to have that safe space to explore you know, having that safe space to explore because I never thought of it this way. But I think the reason why I say I had to move to find myself was because I did not feel safe enough where I was in St. Louis to explore my creativity. Yes. And I think sometimes that is something that can get in the way for people is not feeling safe enough 
to be able to be your authentic self and explore who it is that you really are because yeah. people tell you who you need to be it's people that I've known that probably still think that I was the person that I was five years ago but in reality I'm nothing like that person anymore you know like when I got down here nobody knew that old me so I got to find today's me so I got to figure out what kind of music that I like you know what I'm saying what kind of places that I like to go that's when I realized like oh like you do like art like you could go to painting with a twist and have you a good old time. Like, you know, <laughs> you can have you a fun time. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like, you know, like an artist I like. I like Tyler, the creator. I didn't like him when I lived back home because people would be like, he weird. But like now it's just like, nah, like he's a really good artist because I like music and I grew up listening to music and he's a composer. And like, you know what I'm saying? And, and things like that and being able to do that and then therefore putting myself in the spaces to meet people who also are interested in similar things that are, that I like. So then they are more aligned with the person that I'm finding, the person that I'm becoming, making it feel more comfortable to keep exploring the different facets of yourself mm -hmm. to be able to become the best you. So I think in, in that way, that is kind of where environment matters a little bit because if, if you don't feel safe enough to really open yourself up and to explore because like you know the part of St. Louis that I was in was very judgmental yes <laughs> and and as soon as you try to do something different they'd be like why are you doing it like I've literally heard people yeah. criticize people for going on walks and it's just like oh you a walking nigga <laughs> what yes <laughs> nigga you don't like to walk outside why on earth would you just go for a walk like who hey. like everybody but you like a lot of people do it actually like hey. for most people this is actually kind of normal but you know what I'm saying it's just like we for some reason we don't know or we not exposed to these types of lifestyles because people kind of live in in the same lifestyle so they don't see those other lifestyles those other ways of beings ones that might be more aligned with you then you may realize at this point in time, but you're not exposed to it. So how would you even know to explore right. it? Right. Nowadays, I feel like you ain't got no excuse. We got we got the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so just explore. That random thought you be having, what if I just walked outside today? I don't know. What if? Let's, let's, let's YouTube it. What people do when they walk outside? Yeah. <laughs> like, I find myself, like, I find myself, it started off with walks in the park, right? So I'll go, it could start with something small. You get a dog, you get a puppy, you walk in your dog. Now you walk in your dog because they need to be walked, right? But then you look up in the sky and then you like, hey, that's a different type of bird I ain't ever seen before. It's interesting. Then you look down and be like, wait, is that a turtle? I've never seen a turtle in a pond before. Like, like these things are really out in nature. And it's just like, you look and it's just like, whoa, like it's really beautiful out here. I've never even paid attention before. Or you just notice at the end of the walk, like, who? okay, I'm way more relaxed. I have a clearer mind or I have more energy or, okay, now I'm ready for bed. Like, yeah, yeah. You might've realized some about your life along the way. You might've cleared your head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like your anxiety might be reduced a little bit. Like there's no telling what could happen. But yeah. it just started with something small. Like you going outside for that walk. 
and not yeah. caring if somebody thinks it's weird or not. Exactly. And now you crave that walk every day. Now you walking every day or every other day, you know, whatever you decide to do. It's just some small steps. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, you were kind of telling me about your gym and the zone and it doesn't sound like it's your typical like gym, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense of the things that you offer and provide. Do you want to talk about some of the different outlets and different things that you offer in your gym? So the zone is based on a premise of finding your grounding through the chaos, the ups and downs of life. That's one thing that we can't control. Life is going to happen, the good and the bad. But how you approach it, how you view it, how you move through it is on you. So the zone gives you a space to be continue to be your best, but release those energies, that's, the energies or the mindset that's either holding you back or that can help you get to the next level. So I know I talked about um, in the first triggering thing that happened for me that pushed me to fitness, um, I needed a space to really rage, get all of those energies out. Because if I held it in, I'm either finna go to jail or I'm finna have a stroke. <laughs> Wait, that's jail to me. Yeah. So, you know, some I recognize that now that we in St. Louis, we have so much rage. And it shows through all of the carjackings, all of the um, fights, all of the shootings, all the homicides. We have a lot of rage and we don't have healthy practices to be able to manage that. So I'm bringing people together in this space to manage your rage, build a community, find safe spaces and safe people that you can open up and vent to so that you can get to your next level. So the classes are not just fitness. Um, Yes, I have mobility classes because the way you feel, the way you think is going to show up in your body. Your body is going to take the count for that. So we need to move through those kinks. We need to improve your flexibility so that you're agile as you're out doing different things. But we focus on the mindset mostly. So I have a um, Monday morning meditation with coach Erica. She guides you through just setting your mind for the week. Like let's not carry any negative thoughts or let's not carry, um, let's not form attachments. That's going to just make our week hell or that's going to cause us to suffer or let's unpack some thoughts that's been lingering with us for a minute. And like, I know lately um, me and my friends have been talking about jealousy and um just the timing of things so like the morning meditations help us to unpack why am I feeling jealous what is the root of this jealousy and how is this going to impact my energy for the rest of the week because just last week that jealousy was just making me anxious and angry and I'm like fuck Instagram I don't want to be on it right now because (laughs) you know just creating rage that is really just my mind it doesn't really exist it's just what I'm creating in my mind so we got classes like that that helps you just manage your mindset. We got the um, fitness classes to help you manage your body. And then my girl um, on Wednesday, she does the um, midweek unwind. So, you know, hump day is crazy. Sometimes we just happy that we made it to hump day because we got two more days left in the week. But yeah. our bodies, our, again, our bodies keep the count. So she guides us through releasing the energies that we've been holding in our body and self-massaging it out or stretching. Um, my favorite class is the game day. So... Everything that we've picked up from Mondays, meditation, as well as um, the mobility class we put into the game day, because we're not going to just send you on this mental journey and show you workouts for nothing. No, we're going to put it to practice. So that's where we play. We're going to play too much and you got a safe space to play too much. And everybody that say you play too much, tell them to come in so they can play too much too. lower their blood pressure. So (laughs) um, you said you saw the pool noodle um, game 
for me, that was an opportunity for us to practice some um, strength training with our arms, like pulling and pushing, but also to release some rage and just goofiness that's within us. So I had everybody like, essentially the object of the game was to take someone's pool noodle and add them to your team. So whoever had the most people on their team won. So you see people diving across the room, really yanking, trying to pull these pool noodles, but they breaking in the process and people <laughs> whooping on each other's stuff. And most of them didn't know each other. So it felt good to see people comfortable enough beating each other up with a pool noodle and they're not be beat. <laughs> hit me, I don't care what you hit me with. It's war, nigga, it's war. Come on. I bet your friend know. Beat me outside, yeah. Knock, 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 what's good? I'm here. Yeah, so, maybe you know, St. Louis need more pool noodle fights. Maybe St. Louis needs more pool noodle fights. We do, because like, it's fun, but it's less serious because you're hitting me with a pool noodle and it don't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it don't hurt. And I'm I'm happy like St. Louis has these boxing arenas and stuff now. Boxing is starting to revive, and I love that because put the guns down, put the gloves down, let's get to it. But I like classes like my game day fitness because it's less violent. It's violent in theory. Like we're gonna do another Nerf war and all that kind of stuff. And yes, that's guns, quote unquote, involved. But like, Sounds so like, fun though. Yeah, it's playful. Like. I did a pilot with it um, with my cousins a couple years ago, and to see the videos, seeing grown men diving across fields, tucking and rolling, and child, it was funny. We've done it two times in my family, just personal. Like, we got in the backyard, we got in our basement, and we went at it. And it was- Went at it? Yeah, we grown as ever, but we went at it, and it was fun, though. Like, <laughs> And it feels good. It don't feel like a workout. No. You know, it's another way to bond. You see what people made of. You see how goofy people are. Like, you see so many different things. But at the root of it, you just feel safe to play. And us adults, like, I know um, when people ask me about the game day fitness and stuff, like, is it just for kids? No, like, it's for adults, actually, because we don't play enough. Andre 3000 said it the best. With, uh, he got this song with A Tribe Called Quest. He said, why they blood pressure high? I don't know, because they don't play, probably. <laughs> and that's literally it people don't be playing nah. people need to play so my goal with being in the zone is to help introduce people to better coping mechanisms and better ways to manage stress anxiety and depression so all of my classes are aligned with that I am looking forward to adding more classes on later but right now I think this is what we need a way yeah. to manage our mind a way to get move the kinks and move the energies out of our body, but also to redirect the energy too through the game day. So yeah, what about it? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's really exciting, and I'm glad to hear it because it just sounds like something that people truly need. You know, like mm -hmm. it, like what I'm noticing in this journey of mine is that my inner child, like you know, what I'm saying, like my inner child never really went anywhere, and it's not supposed mm -hmm. to. You know, like it's not supposed to like that inner child in you. Like, it's like you supposed to still be having fun. You still supposed to be laughing. Like, yeah, you might have adult responsibilities or whatever, but growing up doesn't mean that you stop having fun. That you start yep. being so like stop being lighthearted and you start taking life seriously. So mm -hmm. what I learned, my healing journey actually kind of took me backwards to where you know what I'm saying. It's just I don't take things as personal. It's you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying. It's just mm -hmm. things get to be fun. I let things roll off of me a lot more. You know what I'm saying. So if somebody is saying something about you, like I don't 
don't care. I don't care. Like, yeah, I will go and I will, you know what I'm saying, do this nerf battle. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just, at the end of the day, it's just fun. You know, it's just fun to do these different things. You know, go to karaoke, even if you think you look silly or you sound crazy, just do it anyway because it feels good. Because it makes, of- yeah. Like, at what point did we decide, like, all right, now I'm at this point, so I gotta, I got, I gotta be serious. I can't, I can't have fun no more. Like, who said that? Where did that come from? And I feel like I remember at some point somebody saying that too, or like, I don't know, that trigger just went off, like, okay, now you're an adult, you gotta be serious. But again, who said that? Nah. <laughs> who said that? Nah, you know what I'm saying? We should we should still be having fun. Life should still be fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to be like I said this. Somebody said, What's your favorite Christmas movie? Right? Because it's Christmas time. And I was just like, look, a year without a Santa Claus and Santa Claus is coming to town is just mandatory watching for me every year. And I don't care how old I get. When I have kids, they're gonna be sitting there watching it with me too because I'm finna make y'all watch it too like you know what I'm saying (laughs) it just makes me feel good it makes me feel like that five-year-old that seven-year-old that's you know like you put one foot in front up like it just like (laughs) like I'm not gonna stop doing it because it makes you laugh it makes you feel good and you know what I'm saying it's nothing wrong with having it I still pay my bills still go to work every day I know I'm grown like there's a security in me where it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm secure enough to know that I'm grown. And it's just like, now let's have some fun. And That's I fair. think, yeah. And it's just like, it makes you wonder like, you know, what's those things that makes us overreact in a ways where it's just like, I got to go over the top. I got to give you this over the top reaction. And it's just like, what if we, if we have more fun, Will we have to take these things, these grievances, these whatever it is that the outside world puts on us so seriously? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we do come from a place where it's just like, if I look at you too long or the wrong way. Got a problem. Oh, I wasn't even looking at you. I was thinking, goddamn. I wasn't even thinking about you. It's like, and you can't even say the right thing because it's not like, bro, I ain't even tripping off you. I ain't thinking about you. What you mean you ain't thinking about me? You and you, you no. looking at me. So what's the problem? What, what What's the problem? What's the thing that they say in St. Louis? You all right? Right. <laughs> you good? You good? <laughs> I just want to know. You good? Okay. You good? <laughs> And depending on how you answer that, it be like it, it's gonna it's gonna let you know how your day go. I swear. How much are we taking personal? We taking things personal that shouldn't be personal. Where it's like we should just let it roll out because it ain't that deep. That makes that brings me to this question and um figuring out who you were in each moment and trying to figure out like what grounds you, what brings you peace and happiness, um makes you feel more safe and alive. How have you? figured out whose voice you were listening to, like identifying the voices and deciding which voice to go with. Ooh, that is an amazing question. That is an amazing question. Journaling helped me with that a lot um, because in order to figure out what things were coming from where, because when you ask me that question, what I think about when I'm trying to figure out where what the root of my thoughts were, because finding the root of a lot of my deep-seated thoughts is important for me because mm-hmm. I need to know what's fear, what's God, mm-hmm. what's me, and what are things that other people put on me that are not true. And that took a lot of 
soul searching and asking important questions and going back in time to identify, you know, certain things like where certain things were stemming from. So uh, something that I talked about before, something that my therapist did with me, because I had, I dealt with cognitive distortions and that's where I would hyper-focus on a thought that probably most likely was not positive. Like I would have negative thoughts and I would blow them out of proportion and that would be the only thing that I can see. So Mm -hmm. like an example is like, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they do something that's a little weird, you're cheating. That's it. That's all. It ain't no other options. There's no possibilities. This is what it is. And I I can't see any other ways. So it makes you very rational because you hyper-focus on that one thought and not understanding like where is this thought coming from why is this the only thing that you can actually think of Mm -hmm. so what she did to help me deal with it is she was like okay what is it that you're thinking what is it making you feel um when are other times in your life that you felt that way and like really get a handle of what that situation was and then what other things could also be true so add some options into the mix of what it is that you're thinking about. And that helped me to kind of decipher the different voices in my mind because it would help me see like when I go back through those moments, when you go back in time, like, okay, this was fear. This was, you know, me not, you know, me having a bad experience and being afraid of what could happen. This was, you know, what happened? I'm sorry, I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, I think it froze. Okay. All right, cool. But uh, you said your your therapist showed you something. Yeah. So what she did was she she made me she took me through this process where I had to go beyond the thought and basically ask certain questions. So I had to ask, what is it that I'm thinking and what is it making me feel? And Mm -hmm. then go back to a point in time where I felt that way in the past and then to analyze that situation. Like what other things were going on and was that situation what it seemed like at that time and what other things could have been possible for that moment in time. Right. And that allowed me to begin getting to the root of what, you know, some of my insecurities were and my fears and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it helped me really identify like, you know, what was my insecurities what was you know things that other people put on me that might not have necessarily Mm -hmm. been true uh ways that I felt about myself that might not have necessarily been true and just and so much more so as I continue to do that work it helped me identify the different voices so then if I had moments in time in the process where there are things that I've dealt with so if it was if it was a certain insecurity like One for me was like, you know, not feeling good enough because how many people struggle with like self-worth and they don't go Mm -hmm. that it is that they want because they don't feel worthy. Right. And that's such a subconscious thing that you might not even know is happening. Right. So then now when I have moments where I might be tempted to question, like, is this really for me? It allows Mm -hmm. me to ask that question, like, okay, why don't I think it's for me? And Mm -hmm. it's like, am I struggling with my worth right now? And if so, this is something that I've dealt with before. Right. 
So I don't have to listen to that voice. I don't have yeah. to give this as much credit as I might have given it in the past. So I can easily push that out of there because that voice isn't relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when I get, so now I know what that is, right? Because I've recognized what fear sounds like in my head. Right. And, and, you know, it also allows me to hear times where God might have been talking to me. <laughs> right. I Come didn't on. listen. Huh? I said, right. Come on. Yeah. And I, it was times where I didn't listen. And it's just like, okay, so now I know what God sounds like. So, you know what I'm saying? I know what that voice is. And then now I also know when it's my higher self calling me to do something that was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. So it really took me getting to know myself, getting to know myself, going back to some of even my most uncomfortable times, like some of my proudest moments, some of my worst moments, and really figuring out what was going on in my head at the time to be able to identify what's what to be able right. to separate them today and know who I need to listen to and to just trust my gut more because how many times have you been in a situation where you needed to trust your gut, your gut told you exactly what you needed to do and where you needed to be, but you didn't listen because you were listening to those outside voices that weren't you. you. Right. right. Yeah, I like how you talked about that in your um discussion with, I think you said your name, Kashina or Kachina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked a lot about like, just acknowledging what you're feeling because once you unpack what you're feeling, you can really get to the root of what's going on and make a sound decision based on that. Like you said, you know, you know, if that's you talking, you know, if that's God talking, you know, if that's your mama's fears, your daddy's fears that you just took on that wasn't even yours to carry in the beginning. So now you know what your own fears are outside of other people's and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn how to identify that for yourself? How did I do that? Um, I think I was reading this book called Playing Big. It was Playing Big and something else that made me ask. It might have just been that book. It made me ask, who's talking when I hear this voice in my head? Because it might sound like it's my voice, but if it's my voice, what is that voice saying as well? Because do I even talk like that? <laughs> you know? So when you asked me about like discovering your outlets and things, um, I remember going through a phase, or well, not a phase, just the feelings of fear because I can be, sometimes I could be antisocial or um, just get socially anxious. And so I come off or present as weird <laughs> or awkward and it'd be like that, you know, I embrace it now, but I had to, in those moments, I had to think, what am I scared of? Um, am I scared to just be doing something out of the norm? Am I scared to fail? Am I scared because somebody else is scared? You know, yeah. <laughs> that part, because people will put their fears on you and now you're scared when you weren't even scared in the beginning. Yeah. And I learned that a lot more recently lately um just being back home with my family i realized my family has a history of operating in fear and in order to protect themselves they stay complacent or stay in their comfort zones because their fear is less heightened so when i'm moving about when i'm outside doing things i'm mobbing through the cities by myself you know they're scared but i'm not right you know (laughs) so i had to Every time I'm going through those fearful thoughts, I had to ask myself, is this actually my fear or am I taking on someone else's fear? Right. right. So um, the book is called Playing Big by Tara Moore. And she breaks down things like fear, different um, sides of fear and stuff like that. But just acknowledging those voices that play in your head because she talk a lot about like 
this one character's um she was struggling and advancing towards some things she was working on because all she could hear in her head was her mom's voice saying certain things. Mm-hmm. And so until she was able to like speak back to that voice, not necessarily shut it down because sometimes those voices are just trying to protect you. Right. Like those fear voices telling you not to do things. It's just because your, your mind and your ego and stuff is just trying to protect you. It ain't out to get you. Right. But if you're going to grow or if you're going to go past a certain thing, you have to tell that voice, Thank you for trying to protect me. I acknowledge your input, but I'm going to go this direction. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so not painting that voice to be the villain, but thanking that voice for being an advocate for your protection and safety. But, hey, I got it, though. Thank you. (laughs) You know, so I had to, um, that book helped me start start to identify who was talking through my different thoughts. Um, Even my thoughts of, like, worthiness, too. Um, I remember being really young my dad passed when I was like four so essentially I grew up with my brother and sister's dad but when I was around their family it was always some sort of complaint about me so inherently I grew up thinking um there's always a problem with me I'm always a problem I'm a problem because I exist you know and that's that really impacts the way you move through life it'll make you shrink it'll make you rebel it'll make you do all kind of things you know yeah if I'm gonna be a problem I might as well be a problem so, you know, I had to sit and really take some time to unpack that with my therapist, like, I'm not a problem. <laughs> or just because I don't perform a certain way, that doesn't mean I'm a problem. In some cases, yes, maybe I am a problem. And, you know, I deal with it then, but I had to re- reframe my mind, renew my mind from thinking that I'm inherently a problem for simply existing. And for some people, sure, maybe I might be. That's beyond me, though. I can't do that about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to waste my time and energy on that, but at least I know in my mind that I'm going to be a problem for someone regardless of what I do, but that doesn't mean I have to walk around and present as a problem or shrink so that I'm not a problem. All I have to do is continue to be me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something that um I was saying to myself yesterday, one of those things for me was always like, I'm I'm an emotional person and granted like you know I could have regulated my emotions better growing up but I just didn't know any better right but something that I used to fear is you know people seeing my emotions and then thinking that my emotions were too much right and it would be yeah when I allow myself to be vulnerable it like I feel like people would shut me down but the thing that I wasn't realizing was like one everybody is not always emotionally available for you you know and you know it's not for everybody you know what I'm saying some people can't get to those places that I'm trying to go Mm-hmm. it doesn't make them bad or it doesn't say that you know they don't care or whatever like some people just literally cannot go there mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and it doesn't change my value so I walked away thinking that you know what I'm saying being emotional was bad or right wrong, you know and I just would therefore hide my emotions and it got to a point where it was so bad I didn't know how to identify my emotions at all or when they show up you explode exactly and that's why when I when I said like it, I couldn't regulate my emotions correctly because I couldn't identify them and I would mm. just hold them in so much it would explode out 
when it would mm -hmm. I would hold them back and you can't like emotions aren't meant to be contained or controlled man you're supposed to feel it, what you feel and allow it to go through you deal man with it. I relate to that so much is yeah. that a St. Louis thing I feel like that's a St. Louis thing too because I swear I remember growing up thinking your feelings don't matter don't let them know how you feeling be a thug remain a G about it all yeah yeah, and, and 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 it manifests in ways that aren't aren't positive because right. we have so many emotions on the inside that we just have not dealt with because we feel like emotions are bad. Like I said, in that mm -hmm. where we were talking, it's just like I couldn't identify them. I didn't know what they were. You know, my right. therapist would be asking me questions like, "How does that make you feel?" And I'd be like, "What are feelings even <laughs> like?" You know, <laughs> right? Like, what do you? Because even laughing. Last thing we heard was fuck your feelings. So what is that? <laughs> exactly, right? And to be in a place now, because it, it took me to a breaking point in order for me to understand that there's nothing wrong with me being emotional, but mm -hmm. it is wrong if you try to make your emotions everybody's problem or mm -hmm. everybody's responsibility. Now, that's the issue. But being an emotional person isn't a problem. That's not wrong, right. Yeah, especially if you know how to handle and deal with your emotions. And then when you learn how to accept you on that level, you find other people that can actually go there with you. And then you realize, like, I'm good. At, well, yeah. you got to realize you good first. Yeah. <laughs> but once you do, you realize, like, you know, like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Because now I'm in a place where people like me for me and I don't have to be scared to show these emotions one because I've I've grown a certain comfort within myself to be able to show it because once you lock that part of yourself up for so long it's hard to just open up to be open with it yeah yeah so you know so then once you're able to and then you you find people who are actually emotionally available enough to receive the real you you know, mm -hmm. and you realize it's just like, oh, now I can fully be me. Now I can exist fully for sure. Exactly. No weight, no pressure, no judgment. Yeah, I'm safe to exist. You always. That's all we do, Warner. Yeah, yeah. That safe space always existed, but it was up to you to find it and actually understand. Like, mm. understanding is one thing, but to be able to understand the fact that you are safe to be you. Mm. no matter what no matter who doesn't like you no matter who doesn't accept you no matter what situation that you've been put in you say mm -hmm. so you don't have to react in a way that is trying to keep you safe so you can tell those thoughts like you said like I appreciate you trying to keep me safe but we good we good yeah and I think sometimes that's easier understood and even understood than done. Well, I think it's easier to understand than understand, depending on your environment, going back to that conversation, because I don't think I ever would have came to that understanding or understanding had I not moved, mm -hmm. you know, because moving required me to be in my own space to really sit with that understanding and to explore those spaces to be safe or feel safe. Or recognize and I'm safe. Because you walk around this mud, shoot. I mean, I, I feel safe now, but shoot, you still on edge. Yeah. I still find myself on edge. Like I feel myself reverting, or I have reverted back to that um that thing. Me and my friend talk about it and laugh about it, but to be honest, it ain't really a laughing matter. But um, 
when you're from St. Louis, you don't know how to relax. No. Because everything around you feels like a threat on so many different levels. Yeah. From your family to your friends to your career to even walking down the street, you could be hit as a pedestrian. Yep. Or hit from random gun violence, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a story. I haven't actually said it. I don't think, no, I haven't told this story on the show. And it happened last time that I was in t- in town for the expo. Now, we were in a, in, a, in a nice part of the city, right? Because I ain't going to say specifically where I was. But I'm going to tell the story, and I think you can keep up. We were in a nice part of town for the first two days. I was there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, left on Monday. Mm-hmm. So we were in a nice part of town for the first two days. Second part, the, the on the last day, we go visit my grandma that lives in the city. And as soon as we get into the city, it's a completely different environment. Yep. Yep. Completely different. You know what I'm saying? Everything about it is different. It's like you literally flip the switch and you done walked into some type of war zone. Yep. And it sounds exaggerated, but I'm kind of not even exaggerating. Not at all. Not at all. So we pull up in my grandma's house and as soon as we get on our on her street there's a lady and she's running down the street looking over her shoulder and we like what you know oh shit yeah like all right what what we finna go into and it's a dude where like right in front of my grandma's house is two dudes and you know one of them my dad knows because he done grew up with him and then the other one we don't know he just lives across the street and he got a gun in his hand and he's yelling something Right. And he's yelling about something and his kids playing on the street. So you can tell that we just drove into something that's like actively happening right now. Yeah. So the dude, the my dad's friend is like telling the kids to get into the house. And then the dude with the with the gun in his hand is yelling. And then there's another guy that comes around the corner with an AK-47. Oh, my God. Looking for the girl that's running down the street. Oh, my God. Luckily, he does not see her, and he goes. The other oh, my place. God. Right? Still, like, you need an AK on the block with some kids. And, like, that's the level. And you know what I'm saying? And when he walked away, everybody just went to things as normal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they said it's not normal. <laughs> At all. At all. You know what I'm saying? And right. And that's the perfect example of just, like, the condition. Yeah. Because I, you understand, like, I very much understood, like, this could be a right, a wrong place, wrong time situation. For easily, easily. Easily. But at the same time, what do you even do? Like, right. as much as I know that this is not normal, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Man. And that's why I get so passionate about the zone. I know I'm not going to be able to help everyone at all. Yeah. Like the zone is meant for the people that want to be in their zone, but that's the type of stuff that should not be happening. No, and that really prevents people from being at ease because you do all this work to understand yourself, find your creative outlet, get into your spaces, just to be in the wrong place in the wrong time. You can't, you can't relax. Right. So it is important to find those places you can relax and exist. Cause child. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it was kids there. So I'm experiencing yeah. this as an adult that can process all of the different factors 
But you know, Man. kids that grow up in these places where this is just their reality. Yeah, and they don't have the words to really process it. No, very interesting. So you know what I'm saying. It's glad that things like what you created exist. You know what I'm saying? Those safe spaces that people can go through and go to and really explore and find different ways of releasing. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you know, as much as, you know, negativity that there is in the city, there's also positivity there too. It really is. It really is. It's people that are, that are actually trying to make a difference in the city and bring life back into that city. But you know what I'm saying? I think part of the problem is people that people don't know that these places exist. Yeah. It's been getting better. Like it's definitely a lot of good pop-ups that be happening in like community organizations like um We Power, STL Run Crew, For the Culture, um, who else? Fred Space, even Shorty with his give black ball. Like it's it's definitely becoming like a place that has something for everyone. And it's beautiful that it's ran by black people too. Like I ain't even gotten to the kids things yet. Only reason why I don't know about all of those is because I don't have kids right now. So, you know, I ain't really thinking about kids, but yeah, you know, I see them here and there, like they got some good programming happening. So at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, continue community engagement and like marketing efforts, but it's starting to make a change. Um, you definitely see more black people moving the needle nowadays. Sure. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like it's it's beautiful to see St. Louis in this place. But I think I find comfort in that we understand too that this is not gonna be no overnight change. It starts with us to influence the next generation, you know. And it's gonna be some bullshit still for a minute because it's like I said, it takes generations. <laughs> it took generations but, to get there. It's gonna take generations to get out. Exactly. Like you got to change mindsets for generations. And, you know, they putting the kids on in different ways. Uh, they get kids active in city politics now. Like, it's getting good. Yeah. Yeah. I was hanging out with my little cousin. I think she's like 12, 13. And, like, mm-hmm. when she is, like, busier. Like, she is busier than me. Like, with, with all the different stuff that she does. <laughs> like, they just be telling me about all the stuff she does. And I just be like... When this girl sit down, but you know what I'm saying? It's a good thing, you know what I'm saying? That you know, that they get exposed to stuff like that because it's so important. And then too, like, you know, when you actually when I sit down and I talk to her and we have her conversations and she's talking about politics and she's telling me about who the politicians are and everything like that, and really having Mm -hmm. opinions that actually make sense. Right. It's just like, all right, there are hopeful kids out here. I swear, that's the stuff that get me excited. Like, yeah. okay, we gonna be good in our in our retirement then, because the kids thinking. Yeah, yeah, they ain't got no choice, man. The world that we don't love Gen Z is crazy. I was nervous though. I ain't gonna lie, cause my sister generation, I feel like her generation wasn't using their damn mind at all. I don't know what they doing, but they trying to get together. I guess I don't know. They trying. Hopefully, we all uh, figure something out, cause we got to. It's about time. But <laughs> on that note, I ain't gonna take up your whole day because I easily could. Yeah, I'm saying we vibing. You know, for real. Like I appreciate you coming on the show today. And like anytime that you want to come back, honestly, even in this conversations, it's so many other conversations that I would like to have with you. So, you know what I'm saying? You're more than welcome to come back anytime. I would no, nah, I would love to have you back, seriously. And like uh 
one, just the different conversations that we could have. And then also keeping up with your journey with the zone and gutted fitness. Like I would love to stay tapped in. So, you know, we gonna be right here for you. Thank, thank you. Not a problem. Do you want to tell people where to find you? Tell them anything about gutted fitness or anything like that before we get out of here. Gutted fitness is helping you to get to the root of yourself and live your best life. Do more than survive, thrive too. With that, I offer the zone, which is the gym to help you be at your best. We got mental fitness and physical fitness at the forefront, helping you to get to your best. So if you are into managing your stress, anxiety, or depression right now, everything kind of going crazy for you, pull up to the zone, get gutted at guttedfitness.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram and um, YouTube is gutted fitness. And re re remind me if I'm right or wrong, because I think when I was on your website, I saw like videos and stuff like little trainings and like things that people can watch, too, if they can't actually go. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you need if you out of town or something, you can't come to the class or you travel or whatever. And you need a quick workout. I got videos on my website and YouTube. Uh, and if you need some meal prep inspiration, I got some um, recipes. All of them I try. I like to eat good food. I don't do nasty. Okay, I don't do nasty. So <laughs> these recipes is tried and true, baby. Meal prep info, or you need somebody to deliver your meal preps, we got that too. So you Ooh. just go to guttedfitness.com slash gutted-recipes. Oh, I'm going to have to check you out. You might be getting me together from a distance. I got you. Seriously, between you and uh, MT, because I got MT with the metric mate. Man, oh yes, Metric Mate. Yeah, you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, we be in touch. We be talking all the time. He he was on the show before. I went to school with him. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to um get his device in my gym. I've just been waiting to get the equipment so I can put his device in the gym. Seriously, I might have to get yes. you. Do you have his contact? I do. All right, bet. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, like yeah. That's my. That's I know, right? That's my, go crazy. Yeah, no, nah, that's my friend. That's why I was like, bro, if you ain't tapped in with metric, tap, tapped in. If you ain't tapped in with metric, man, like you gotta be, man. Especially when For you real. got when you got a gym, like you got to be, you gotta be, you gotta be. So I'm glad mm -hmm. that you tapped in, yeah, because that's some cool equipment. I gotta get one for myself and start working with it. So like, let me let me see what I can do with the combination of the two of y'all. <laughs> ah, we feel crazy. Get <laughs> together in 2024, but yeah, like I like I said, I appreciate you coming through. If you're looking for me. You can find me at thinkerversusspeaker.com. You can find all of my social media there. You can find episodes and, you know, just more information about the show. If you're interested in coming on the show or you want to talk to me, I got my schedule link there too at thinkerversusspeaker.com slash schedule. You just pick out a time with me. It's not going to cost you anything. We just talk and see if you know what I'm saying. It's a good fit for the show. And if you got a topic or anything like that, we get to hash it out and talk and have fun and all of that. So yeah, I think that's all that I got. Christy, did you have anything else for the people before we get out of here? Hey, be good. Do you, babe. For real, for real. And, and understand that you're safe to do you and find mm -hmm. you what you want to do. But on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Thank you for coming through again. Like I said, I really appreciate it and enjoyed the conversation. No problem. Thank you. See ya. All right, bye.
Smooth Nate.